Good day, good day. Uh, my name is Jackson. Welcome back to another one of these. And uh, today I'm going to run through the old. It's sort of it might be a little bit outplayed at the moment, but talking about the Nets next season because they're definitely one of the teams that are on a lot of people's radars. Um, they're definitely going to see an increase in talent and performance with uh, Kyrie Irving actually most likely, hopefully being a consistent part of the rotation as well as Kevin Durant being back from his uh, Achilles injury that he suffered in the finals two years ago or a year ago either one he, he suffered an Achilles injury and the man is hurt right so we're going to go through and sort of figure out is this team really going to be a contender or are they more of a lot of talent but not working type of uh, situation which we see from time to time, I mean, you've got the 76ers where they have a lot of talent, uh, but Horford and Embiid doesn't work. Is Simmons a problem? There's questions there. You've got the, the Clippers. They have arguably one of the most talented rosters in recent memory out in the second round. Um, so is that other Nets pretenders or actual contenders? It's, it's definitely a very interesting question to delve into. And depending on who you ask, you'll definitely get a different answer. Because if you ask Nets fans, they'll tell you that Durant's going to come back at 100%. Irving's not going to have any negative sort of surrounding narrative. And they're going to go out and win 82 games and win the, win the next, uh, win the next like five championships. But bringing it back to a more realistic standpoint, most fans have their concerns. Some people are a lot more pessimistic because of the nature of Achilles injuries and because of Kyrie's past, the coach turnover, um, most likely there's going to be trades this season. So we'll just dive right in. So Kevin Durant's injury, as most of us know, not all of us, he suffered a pretty bad Achilles tear in the finals against the Raptors. And it's very uncommon for players who suffer this injury to come back and actually be on the same level that they were. I mean, most recently, you've got Boogie Cousins, who, I mean, he was never an athletic freak. Like, athleticism was never his game. But this Achilles injury has definitely just taken him out. And I mean, he's had other injuries, but even when he came back, uh, he just he's just been a non-factor. He, he isn't Boogie that we remember, and it is, it's quite sad because Boogie was such a dominant force. Um, but there's only really one example of a player, especially of a star-level talent, to come back and be almost unaffected, and that's Dominique Wilkins. And he's the example that a lot of people will bring up. And it's a fair example. He definitely came back, and I believe he, he still averaged the high 20s, not 30 points per game. He, can, he was still the human highlight reel. He was still a, an absolute phenomenal talent. But he definitely did have a very sharp decline after coming back. And you can, you can draw it up to he was getting higher in age. There were a lot of other issues that were present. But at the same time, he definitely was just a... It was definitely a part of it was that this Achilles tear would have zapped him from a little bit of athleticism. Now, Kevin Durant's definitely lucky because he his game isn't revolved around athleticism. I mean, he's he's a fan, he's a, one of the best shooters of all time, one of the best overall. I'd say probably the most complete offensive uh, talent in terms of scoring. And this shouldn't affect him too much. I mean, you might see a dip in inside scoring because that's generally where athleticism is needed. But... I, I, the only thing that I can see this Achilles injury really doing is maybe zapping him a little bit from defense because Durant was never known as a a top-tier defender. But when he went to Golden State, he was in a really good defensive system. 
he definitely showed himself as being a very, very strong defensive player. And I mean, I think there was a, there was a span there in one of his years where he was he was like top five in blocks per game. Um, and I definitely think that the, the main thing that I'm concerned about is that he might lose a little step on the defensive end. But with his offensive capabilities, even if he's back like 75, 80, 85%, he's still going to be one of the top, at least the thing, there's no doubt he'd be a top 10 player still, but he might still be able to be in that top five conversation, top three conversation. Um, so we're definitely going to have to wait and see. Um, but another thing is, and this is probably a smaller point because they do have a good relationship, but uh, Kyrie Irving definitely has a tumultuous history with both health because he is a bit of, he's a bit injury prone. He's got a bit of a, a reputation for consistently being hurt. But he's also had a few weird chemistry issues and weird personality situations, like scenarios that have popped up. He um he's definitely a he's a premier talent and he's he's, he's electrifying and he's great to watch and everything like that. But he's just uh, he seems to be a little complacent at times. Like I mean, he he couldn't stand LeBron being seen as his father, which understandably that's a little bit of a weird thing, but that was more of a media thing than I'm sure what LeBron really thought or what anyone really thought. I never thought of LeBron as his dad, I thought of him as his teammate. And um, these guys obviously already have a relationship, but it's sort of with the rest of the roster, like could this have issues? I mean, there's already these two guys basically forced out Atkinson because, I mean, the story is that Atkinson wanted to start Jared Allen over DeAndre Jordan, which that's that any basketball fan would tell you that's the right choice to do but Kyrie and uh, Kevin didn't think so so they kicked up a fuss and that is believed to be one of the big reasons why they wanted him out and why he left which I feel like is a little bit a little bit redundant a little bit weird when it comes to this because they decided to go to the Nets over the Knicks or whatever other teams that were in there their desires because of the culture that was built there and that culture was built through Atkinson and through Jared Dudley and through D'Angelo Russell and through everyone else that was part of this team. So it's a little bit odd, but uh, we'll get to the coaching sort of a little bit later on. But um, one thing that I'm... It's probably another one of those small concerns, but both these guys are very strong and ball-dependent offensive players. Now, Kevin Durant has more of an ability to be a spot-up shooter, but I'm not sure if he'd really want to be. It's, it's definitely a lot of, will they take these roles? I mean, Durant definitely has the more experience of being a, I wouldn't say secondary start, because he was definitely the, the pinnacle of the offense for those Warriors teams. But Kyrie and Steph are, very, are two very different personalities and two very different styles. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see who leads this team in scoring, who leads this team in usage, I think would definitely be a very interesting one to keep track of. Um, but I think that the having two such prolific scorers on team can be a little bit weird. I mean, you've seen that with Westbrook and Durant, and uh, it just didn't really... It worked, but it didn't work well enough. And I feel like that'll be one of these situations that it'll work, and they'll give you good numbers, but it won't equate to winning basketball. And I think that the difference between the supporting cast that Irving's used to, namely LeBron, is that LeBron has a style of play which definitely benefits a player like Irving, where Durant, um, I mean, LeBron is definitely more looking for the smart basketball play, whether that be passing, uh, going by himself, 
or letting someone else take the ball. He's always trying to figure out what the smartest play in, the, in that individual moment would be, and I don't think Durant has that. He's definitely more of a, I'm going to score all these buckets type guys, and he's, he's one of those players that will score anytime anybody wants, so it works. Um, but we'll move on to more of the, uh, the overall changes outside of those two stars, who definitely will be the pinnacle of the team. But the, the change of head coach from Atkinson, who I think, who I'm actually very surprised that doesn't have a job yet. I mean, I think he's a terrific coach. He's a culture builder, as I said before. And I think any team would be happy to have him. Um, I mean, if Pop leaves, <laughs> I hope the Spurs give him a bloody call. But jury's out on Nash because a lot of people think just because you're a smart basketball mind that you'd be a good coach. And it's sort of like, Jason Kidd is regarded as one of the smartest point guards of all time. He's he's one of the greatest basketball minds when he's playing. But that didn't equate to a good coach because you definitely need, whilst the skill sets might be similar, it's definitely you're needing a few more different aspects to your personality, to the way you interact with people, where jury's just out with Nash, at least in my eyes. So you've sort of got to pull yourself back a bit and not think that, oh, well, he's got a good relationship with Kevin Durant. Oh, he's this amazing offensive mind with the seven seconds or less sons and everything else that he's going to go out there and wreck it. But I just think that his inexperience with coaching players of this ego and sort of reputation might be a little bit of a hurdle too big for him. But so it's one of those things that you really can't gauge because rookie coaches sometimes come out and are amazing and actually win it all. I mean, Ty Lue's an example, but I wouldn't really put Ty Lue as an amazing coach. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to the last thing that I want to talk about, and that's potential trades that have been circling around. Um, some of the big ones are for players like CJ McCollum. Um, another one that I've seen was for Buddy Heald, which does make a fair amount of sense. And then you've got ones like for Beal, and one interesting one that I saw that I thought was actually, uh, it definitely piqued my interest, was Joel Embiid. I mean, you'd have to give up a lot of picks. You'd have to give up, like, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, basically your entire young core that you've got at the moment, as well as picks to get him. Um, and even then, I don't think the 76ers would move on for him for that type of package. But I think that having a defensive and offensive-minded, like a two-way center with these two players would definitely be... But that would be one of the best big threes in, I mean, arguably ever. I mean, you have an MVP, you have a one of the more dynamic and entertaining offensive guards with a Defensive Player of the Year candidate as well as someone who just has high aspirations in Embiid. But more realistically, they'll probably end up with someone along the lines of Drew Holiday, which I've seen. Um, I feel like they'd have to give up Karis LeVert in that package because so the package I saw was for Jared Allen, um, Kuruks, I think is how you pronounce his name, a first-round pick, and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, which just doesn't make sense for the Pels to accept it all. Um, but yeah, leave it at that. Those are my concerns for this team. I definitely have them. My like sort of my presumption for this team, my forecast is that they're definitely going to be a high up there team with this, like just a sheer level of talent. But once you get to the playoffs, it's a different ball game. So that's when you really see the cracks in the armor and. Uh, yeah, so I've probably got them at like a three seed in the East, maybe a four. It sort of depends on how everything works. It's really dependent on how Durant is. He might re-aggravate it. 
He might he might just come back and be a shell of his former self. It's all there's so many question marks with this team that it's very hard to gauge the impact that they're actually going to have next season. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, leave a like and subscribe. It's apparently good. Uh, let me know if you think I'm an idiot or if you don't agree with anything I've said. You think the Nets are going to win it for the next 20 years? Uh, or if you agree with me, let me know. I'd love to discuss this type of stuff with anyone. So, yeah, I'll see you guys in the next one. Cheers.